you know, earning money doesn't mean you know what to do with stuff, what to do with it, <laughs> which I found really interesting. Or like some people would be like, yeah, I don't have a budget. I'm like, how can you, like, how can you not have a budget? But yeah, it's always really interesting that like you're not actually taught any of these things ever. It's, it's cool. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Deeper, a podcast where we try to encourage more in-depth thinking and talk about some of the issues and questions in life and the society around us. We are two friends. My name is Nadira. And I'm Jessica. And we made this podcast to share with you our opinions on these matters and to encourage you guys to do the same with us as well. And without further ado, let's dive right into today's topic. Today, we have a very, very special guest all the way from the UK or Ireland. Woohoo! So that's here from Angelica. Hey! Hey guys, thanks for having me here. I'm really excited to, to talk, about, talk about money. <laughs> one, of my, one of my favorite topics to talk about. <laughs> I have a blog called The Mindful Spender. It's the millennials or it's a millennials guide to finance. I basically write all about money, um, my own experience, general tips, and also kind of slightly maybe topics that are slightly unrelated, but actually still related to money and things like, you know, personal or, or mental health or well-being um, and, and how we think about money as well. So Angelica, you're now based in London, right? Yeah, that's right. So I studied at the University of Nottingham. I did a um, natural science degree there. I graduated in 2017. And that's uh, kind of where I met Jess. Um, and since then, I moved to London and I started a graduate program um, in audit, which has been really interesting. Um, so yeah, I'm a, I'm a bona fide adult now, financially independent, got to manage Woo-hoo. my own money, which has been, uh, which has been super fun and, and interesting and challenging at times. <laughs> nice. So did you actually start the blog before you became an auditor or after or is the blog actually did the blog actually like kind of lead you to the auditing path because i from what i heard just just now you are you don't, you're don't, you don't have that um finance or auditing background right yeah that's right so i studied science is completely unrelated to to finance and audit and um, i kind of ended up becoming an auditor by accident in a way um, i applied to do a consulting role but they were like surprise it's actually audit uh, but the reason, I guess, how I started the finance blog was actually unrelated to work directly. Um, I started it probably about a year and a bit after starting work. And the main reason I think I started it was because I realized that so many people I knew who like had a lot of money in comparison to, I guess, the average you know income in the UK we're still really bad at their money. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I was just like, how is that possible? Like you, you're earning, you know, a, a reasonable amount of money. You should, shouldn't you be good at managing it? And that's not the case. So that was kind of an eye opener for me um, in realizing that actually having more money doesn't make you good at it. And having little money doesn't make you bad at managing money. Um, they're completely unrelated. And no matter how much money you have, you always, you know, you always need to learn how to manage it. Otherwise, it'll never really be enough. Um, so that's kind of what prompted me to to start writing about it. And I think 
I was already listening to a lot of like podcasts and like YouTube videos um, about money as well. I was listening to um, a podcast called Her Money, which really got me kind of clued in on financial literacy and personal finance and money management. Um, and then there's another blog um, based in America called The Financial Diet, which um, I found really, really useful and interesting. I just thought, you know, it's, it's there's so much practical advice but there's also a lot of the emotional side and, and the the mental psychological side to money that we also need to think about if we're gonna if we're gonna get good with it. Was there an aha moment for you? You know, there was, um, and it's really it's a bit of an embarrassing aha moment. Um, I had been working for about a year, and I had my eye on this Gucci belt that everyone on Instagram, like all of the celebrities and influencers and all of the fashion blogs, uh, everyone, everyone had it. And I thought, oh my gosh, I want that belt so badly. This is going to sound like, it sounds super, you know, bougie, but that was the thing I really wanted. And about a year in, I was like, I can't afford it. You know, oh my gosh, I'm never going to be able to get it. It was, I think I looked it up and it was like about 300 pounds. And I was like, what you know like we can dream can't we and then about a year in I was like wait a second and so what happened was in January I think 2018 2019 I was online shopping in the January sales and I saw this really nice dress and it cost about like I think it cost about 120 pounds and honestly within five minutes I bought it like without thinking I was just like I really want this dress like it was a super fancy kind of like you know evening cocktail party dress that I realistically won't wear more than once a year right but I still bought it on impulse and after I bought it I was like this dress costs probably about half the amount of that Gucci belt so like if I could just buy this on impulse and actually pay for it then clearly you know it's within my financial means to get that Gucci belt so it's like why didn't why have I spent a year thinking oh woe is me I can't afford it I'm never gonna get it and that was kind of my aha moment I was like oh my gosh like we probably are able to do so much more with our money than than we think um it's probably just you know the mindset and not being focused enough on a specific goal that means that we don't actually do a lot of you know a lot of what we really want so that was that was my aha moment wow so yeah, I got the Gucci belt in the end after a lot of saving. <laughs> and it's, 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 like, it's my it's my trophy. It's my reminder of, you know, actually, if I if if I do have enough focus, I can achieve any financial goal that I put my mind to. And of course, you know, there are obviously I'm fortunate in that, you know, I work in a professional um job, you know, I get paid a good salary. So, you know, there are there are luxuries that I, I can afford. Um, but I think even if, you know, for people who are earning less or, you know, a minimum wage, the same principle still applies. You okay, you might not be able to, I don't know, it might not be wise to go for something, you know, as unnecessary as a designer belt. But, you know, a lot of the things that we do want in life are attainable, I think, if we if we apply our focus to it. No, that's actually really really good point you made there i guess like you know when you just started working especially in your first year you would think that you wouldn't be able to afford that gucci belt but like you said you know, if you you manage it well if you manage your finances as well you can achieve what you want to buy exactly yeah because i mean what i was doing was just spending it like on like spending money on like little things but lots of little things like i buy like a, a shirt here for 20 pounds like go out for a meal here for 30 pounds like and it all adds up. And it, there weren't really things I really wanted to do. I was just like, 
yeah, okay, why not? But you know, it was kind of detracting me from the thing I really wanted at the time, which was uh, which was that Gucci belt. <laughs> and I remember I read somewhere in your blog, you mentioned that you know because I mean, as any young adults, I guess because we, when we started working, we thought, ah, when I start earning money, the financial literacy will come by itself. Yeah, <laughs> that I always thought, oh, I'll I'll, I'll know how to manage you'll, money. You automatically money. know. Yeah, 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 when it's your own. Unfortunately, like magically, but boom. Yep, yep. <laughs> I wish. I wish. I wish that was the case. Yeah, I know. It, it's it's definitely not the case, which is why I guess you still have you know you still hear of people who are on you know like Johnny Depp filed for bankruptcy. I think so did. Um, the guy who plays Joey from Friends, Matt LeBlanc, like, and you think, how on earth can you be earning millions and millions and millions and still become bankrupt? Like, how how does that happen? But actually, it just it's it just proves, you know, the fact that getting money does not <laughs> does not make you automatically good with it. True, true. But why do you think it's important for us though to be savvy with our money? I think the thing that really or I re- the thing that I realized growing up, so I was born in Malaysia and I moved, my family moved to Ireland when I was five. So we were like first generation immigrants and my parents aren't like, you know, white collar professionals. My dad's a chef and my mom was a housewife. I think growing up in a new country, um, we, we weren't really well off starting out. And you know there were a lot of years where we really struggled financially and I think I realized through that experience that money really impacts every area of, of our lives. Um, you know, be it just simply the quality of living or, you know, stability and security, but even things like, you know, your self-esteem, your physical health, your mental health, your relationships. If, if money is becoming a problem, it will bleed over into all those areas. Um, so, you know, it can be such a positive tool or it can be something that you know does have a very negative impact and that really made me realize how important being good and managing money is um, and how you know if we don't manage it it will it will control us it will take over our lives whereas if we manage it it just becomes a tool that you use you know to um, get to your goals or to you know you can be generous with other people. You know, it, it can just be a helpful tool in life that you can draw upon when you need if, if it's managed well. And I guess the second thing is that like, we don't often think about it, but money is something you will have to deal with for the rest of your life. Like there's no escaping it. Like from the minute you, I guess, start earning your own money and becoming financially independent, you've got to do, you've got to now manage that forever. Like from, from now until until you go basically (laughs) um so it doesn't make sense to just live life never really getting that under control so yeah I think those are kind of the two main reasons why you know it's it's so important to understand how to manage it and and to manage it in the best way for you because it's different for everyone I agree with you so much on that and I think we are just so well not careless but we don't pay much attention to how we spend it because I think you mentioned before about how we're not taught about this in like in the education system even though mm-hmm. it's actually like you said it's, it's it's something that will stay with us forever from the day we from the first day we breathe until the last day we breathe yeah our last breath you know but we don't we're not thought about how to manage it and 
how to be savvy with it or how to save it or you know we're not we're not given awareness about that so like i i am so thankful and grateful for people like you and other people who raise awareness about you know um the importance of financing because it's it's important to know how to manage your money yeah i think the the fact that we're not taught about money ever in life is 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 insane i mean we spend what 15 years on average all of us in in school like if you include uni so let's say you start school at five and you, and you go to uni well actually no, you graduate 21 you spend what 18 years at school and you learn about how the world is formed you learn about biology you learn about you know trigonometric equations you learn about <laughs> you learn about past wars you, you learn you learn about everything like you learn how plants grow honestly like some of the things that you learn are so random and impractical but yet when it comes to you know if if you're given a certain amount of money what should you do with it all of a sudden it's just silence and and really the only i think the only place there are two places you learn about money the first place is your own family, you know, your parents. I think a lot of us learn, we either learn what to do or what not to do from our parents. You know, either if you've got parents that are good with money, you probably, you know, learn some of that. If you've got parents that are bad with money, you might pick up some bad habits or you might realize actually this is not something I should do. So that that's one place that you learn, right? But it's kind of really up to your parents to educate you I mean I got given an allowance when I was when I was growing up so it was kind of like okay you know this is your allowance you can do what you want with it but you should save a little bit of it you shouldn't spend all of it and this is how you should manage it so I kind of learned you know a little bit about it there but then the second place you kind of learn about money is through society and I don't think it's always a good lesson because if you look at like you know media portrayals it's like yeah you know like if you're 25 you should have a house a car these new clothes like you should you know you should be going on holiday every single year or multiple times a year it just kind of tells you this is the life that we should expect to have but it's so unrealistic like (laughs) like who can actually afford to do all that so you know we think we should do it and so we spend money and we get into debt and then we get stressed and it all snowballs into something that's really not fun to deal with. So yeah, I definitely think there's a need for for people to kind of just make themselves a little more aware about about money in general. Is it more of a like a personal mission? Because you said because you said growing up money was sometimes a bit tight. Mm-hmm. And it bleeds everywhere to every, I mean to other aspect of your of, of your life earlier on. So it somehow is like a personal mission. I mean, to, to educate people on financial literacy. Yeah, I think there's two aspects of it for me. One is just the educational part, which, you know, there there are so many resources, uh, online books. There are so many resources on the technical and, you know, specific stuff. I don't have all the answers, you know, and everyone has a different way of doing it. So one aspect is on financial literacy. Yeah, I do want people to understand, you know, how to budget and things like that. But probably... The thing that I am more passionate about is trying to empower people to see what they could actually do with their money if they managed it right. You know, to, to see actually you can do so much more than you think and, and your goals in life aren't as far away as you think they are. And 
every goal in life is essentially a financial goal, right? If you think I want to get a house, that's a financial goal. You need money for a house. You think I want to go on holiday. That's a financial goal. You need money to go for a holiday. You think I want to quit my job and start a business. You need money to tide you over while your business gets, you know, up and running. Every goal in life is a financial goal. And if you if you feel empowered and confident to to use your money in the way that will get you there, I think I think life just starts to become so much easier and less stressful and you can kind of see a path to getting to where you want to be. So that's I think that's what I want people to understand, you know. It is a mental thing it's not just you know money in money out we gotta we gotta manage how we think about money in order to get good with it so it's like a journey then like this is where you are this is where you want to go mm-hmm. this is the, the path exactly exactly yeah there's there's no there's no there's no technically right or wrong way it, it's just about managing in a way that works for you that gets you to where you want to be um and and that you know manage the money in a way that's in line with what you really care about if you manage it well it's just it just becomes a a very useful tool but i guess like what are some of your experiences as well in terms of you know financial literacy do you think you knew a lot or taught were taught a lot and then how did you kind of have to find out any of that for yourselves well for me i thought i knew what money but i realized in uni i was very bad with money <laughs> <laughs> I mean that that's just the honest truth. I'm very bad with money. Then after I started working, I have a fixed income and I, I live with my parents, so that that helps a lot. Then I started thinking, huh, what what to do with 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 all this money? <laughs> what to do with I, all this money? Yeah, I tried to look look for answers here and there. I tried to form one on my own, but it just didn't click. Like mm-hmm. there's there's a missing piece here. How how do I want to start being good with my money if I don't know what's what are the options then i started taking online courses on finance <laughs> that's, nice. that's how I, yeah and i think that those online courses help a lot it really opens my eyes though and i guess as the more i learn the more i don't know you know the more we know the more we don't know <laughs> that, that's what i feel honestly how about you not i think it's a bit relatable to like angelica's background on family Well, my, 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 when my dad started this family, like we didn't, I mean, I, I talked about this before, we didn't have a lot of wealth as well. So, and I, I'm great, very grateful that my dad is someone who, who plans, who can plan, financially plan well. So I think I was educated from when I was younger. Like, for example, my dad always tells me to, whenever my dad gives me a fixed sum of money, he always, he always, he would always say, save some of this for later. Don't spend it all save some for later. So I think from a young age, I was always taught to save and save and it became a habit. So I didn't, I, I didn't really stress too much about how much I had to save and everything because I think starting from a young age, I was trained to save. So I just save and save until today. Whenever I get some some sum of money, I don't, I mean, I haven't, I'm not, I haven't started working yet, but whenever I get an allowance from my dad or someone gives me a, a sum of money as a gift i never spend it all i just save maybe 30 to 40 percent of what i get that is such a good thing to do yeah that's really good <laughs> like that you're still doing it which is like amazing <laughs> <laughs> and i think yeah i'm so i'm very grateful for the environment that i, I grew up in uh like in my family in terms of financial management 
did you have like a piggy bank is that what, how, how you did it like how did you how did you save as a kid did you have like a little piggy bank or did you actually like open up an account and stuff yeah i actually had like some sort of like piggy banks the one that you can crack open like when it when it feels heavy <laughs> oh, and you can just throw nice. it on, on the floor and then like and then you realize oh i had a lot of this money but <laughs> sad fact or like little coins so it didn't really add up to like a lot of <laughs> it didn't really add up to a lot of money it feels like a lot when you're a kid though yeah it does when you add up all the pennies you're like oh my gosh it's so much money i can buy like three packets of sweets with this <laughs> <laughs> and yay and i think it also helps the fact that i'm not much of a like i don't i don't really have a lot of spending in a like in a sense of like secondary and tertiary spending like i don't you're not, you're not a spendy person yeah mm. on, on some instances i do spend on you know clothes or whatever but like i always i don't know why maybe i think it's also something from my when i was younger because i i came from a background that you know i mean i wouldn't say that i was very poor like i'm i'm very grateful that i i had enough but i I'm, I wasn't as financially fortunate as other people or some, as some other people around me. So I think from a young age, I always just try to be more conservative in, in terms of spending. So, and that's a habit that is still with me until today. So that's why like, I could, I could save a month, an amount of my allowance and I don't have any problem with that. Whereas like, I know some of my friends have like desires to buy something, right? Or buy <laughs> buy those Gucci belts <laughs> I, I think you can tell that I, I'm the opposite of Nadira I, I do enjoy <laughs> I do enjoy some the, the nicer things of life okay when I can <laughs> yeah but I mean but that that works for you because you know you know how to manage your money well right so that's I think that's that's the important point it's okay to have like these spending patterns as long as you know how to manage your money and you know you're not spending of like you, you know you're not spending your, all of your money on yeah something, right yeah like you yeah. know how to manage it. it's it's very interesting you mentioned about um how you kind of you learn like you picked up a habit of not really spending on like unnecessary things when you were younger because in, in my family growing up even though we were you know we weren't that well off my parents still loved shopping like I remember like shopping was like a thing it was, it was like we're today we're gonna go shopping and like I got used <laughs> to it um, and <laughs> to the point where like even now my mom is like oh so like have you been shopping recently I'm like no she's like why not I'm like I don't want to buy anything she's like why not <laughs> it, it, it is definitely a, a different mindset I think I had to um, I'm still trying to to detangle the idea of spending money with having fun because <laughs> otherwise it's like you know I think a lot of my good memories with my family were kind of like days out we'd go to the shopping mall you know you'd go buy some nice clothes and you go to like KFC or and then you go get ice cream or you go to like have dim sum or something so it was kind of a whole it was kind of a, a family day out and it was a way for us to spend time with each other so trying to think of you know even now ways that we can spend time together as a family when I when I'm back with them at home um, that don't involve shopping is uh, is still a challenge because <laughs> to them to them is like the best thing they could do is take a shopping Oh, but it's interesting though. I just I just remember because Nadira is pretty conservative with money, and well, I won't say Angelica is is not conservative with her money, but I mean you 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 enjoy to not not enjoy to spend money. I don't know what to say. Um, I think I think I just I I, I don't know. I just think I, I I want things a lot. I always have something that I want. 
like (laughs) which (laughs) it sounds like I'm very discontented life but it's not like that I always have like a thing in mind that I want to get you know and when, when I get that I'll I'll enjoy it and then I'm like okay what's the next thing I can get um and, and it, it does sound very, very like like I'm a discontent person, but I promise you, it's not. <laughs> yeah, I see things, and I'm like, this would make my life better. Uh, you know, let me see how I can get it. Or, you know, I'm I'm very easily wooed by marketing as well. Like my Instagram algorithm is just the worst. It knows exactly what, <laughs> what I want, honestly, and and it's my fault because I click on all of the ads. If I didn't click <laughs> on all of them, it wouldn't like refine it to to that point um but unfortunately I just can't help myself so yeah Instagram's a Instagram's a, a, a de- definitely a source of temptation for me I'm in the middle I guess I, I I like to spend money on things but I don't really like to spend money on things if that makes sense but somehow at the end of at the end of the month when I was a student I'm like huh where do where do where did all my money go <laughs> have you had that moments before like, I don't think I did any any shopping this month or anything fancy but where did all my money go honestly sometimes I look at my like budget tracking app and I was like how have I exceeded my shopping budget I didn't buy anything and then I look at it and it's like you spent 46 pounds on Amazon I'm like what did I buy and I I think it happened to me recently I was like how did I spend 46 pounds on Amazon I looked at it and it was like I bought a shoehorn I bought a book I bought some like I don't know what it was like blotting paper or something and and (laughs) And some like moth repellent, like it was such a random collection of things. I was like, I can't believe this cost me forty six pounds. I was like, how? You know, Amazon is a is a dangerous, dangerous place. Dangerous place. Oh, but if financial literacy is an important matter, right, and a big part of our life is shaped by the quality of our decisions, then why do you think like why are some young adults are still financially illiterate? Um, I guess okay. Because there's so much information out there, there's almost no excuse to not educate yourself. But I guess probably some of the reasons why we still struggle with it is there is a mentality of of not talking about money. Like, as open as we are as, you know, millennials or Gen Z or whatever, there is still a little bit of a taboo around money, you know, especially around debt. Um, or, you know, even around, even saying the word, you know, I can't afford it is really hard. Like, I know I've had to definitely tell people, you know, I want like, you know, let's go to the, to this restaurant. And I've kind of just had to say like, look, I can't afford it because it, you know, I've set myself this amount of money in my budget to spend on restaurants and stuff. And I've, I've met that. So I can't go any anymore. And even that is really hard because we just don't want to admit we're, we're limited in this financially. And I guess there's the whole attitude of let's stick our head in the sand and not think about it for as long as possible. I think that makes people reluctant to to confront a their own financial situation and their own spending habits. Because if you do look at your financial you know, situation and spending habits, you'll probably realize you need to make some changes somewhere. And no one really wants to do that. Like, it's really hard. So I think people are reluctant. And, and then also it's kind of like, you know, if you do look at your spending and it's really bad, there's just kind of like, there's so much shame and like, it's, you know, you feel terrible about yourself. You feel guilty that it just, it just, it just doesn't 
encourage you to actually go and fix the problem. Like, I think that's probably the hardest stuff. It's the emotional side of it. You know, why would you want to go Google how to, you know, get good with money if, if you're already feeling terrible? Because most likely everything you read will, will will show you what you've been doing wrong for a while. So maybe that's, I think also it's like, because there's no sense of community about it, like, you know, most people don't talk to their friends about money or how they're struggling or, you know, then it's like you're doing it alone and that makes it so much harder. So I think that's probably one of the the main reasons why, you know, lots of young adults in particular just don't really know what to do. Because money, money is a taboo thing? I think in a lot of cultures it is. And we don't really share with our friends, hey, I'm in debt. <laughs> exactly. Like if, if you think about, you know, if someone were to ask you how much money do you earn, you kind of just have a bit of a, why are you asking? Like, I think okay, maybe in Asian cultures it's slightly different. I know that, you know, Whenever I go, whenever I go back home, I definitely just get asked So, how much money are you earning? And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, excuse me. Like, that's private and confidential information. I'm going to tell you, but like, you know, actually, like, <laughs> and I'm not saying you should broadcast it to the world, but you know, if it if it is with close friends and stuff, I think it is helpful just to say, yeah. you know, this is how much money I'm making. Especially if they're working in the same industry, it can also help like them figure out if they're getting under or overpaid. Um, and help you figure out the same thing as well. It's kind of like even just saying, look, I can't afford to, I don't know, go on that ski trip or whatever. Can we just, I don't know, do something else instead? Or, you know, even even things like kind of a little bit tight on money this month. Instead of going to cinema, why don't we have like a movie night in? It's just, you yeah. know, those conversations can still be uncomfortable to have. I mean, it doesn't also help that, especially during our era, every everyone's just spending and spending, not saving or, mm-hmm. or investing. Yeah, yeah. Our environment right now kind of also impacts our level of financial literacy. I mean, from my mm. view, because times were times were harder in the past, so our parents had no choice but, you know, to be they had to be financially financial literate in their own times, and they had to know how to earn money. They had they had to know how to save and invest so that they can have enough to you know raise the family but i think nowadays because people are a lot of people not everyone i know not everyone but a lot of people in our society are already well off and i think that's why like um, yeah young adults they they just don't they just don't feel the need to be financially because they have enough in a sense Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i think i think that's definitely one part of the the reason as well in that you know the bigger the middle class gets yes it's kind of like the more children are being raised in reasonably you know stable financially stable secure backgrounds it's like if you've never really experienced major financial lack it's kind of like in your mind that problem doesn't really exist true you know which is why I'm really grateful that I did grow up in the environment I grew up because while it was you know tough it taught me a lot of really valuable lessons but yeah, I think I think that's the thing. It, but on the other hand, though, it shouldn't take growing up, you know, poor, not well off, to 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 te- you know to teach you the importance of money. So I think you know maybe another reason is now as well. There's so much quote unquote stuff that we need to live life. You know, have a, a reasonable standard of living. There's so much stuff that we we need and that we're told that we need. Like if you know, if you, even if you think about Instagram. If you don't spend money, what are you actually going to post? Like, if you don't go on holiday, 
you're not going to have any holiday photos to post. If you don't go to restaurants, you're not going to have any restaurant photos to post. What do you post then? So it's kind of like in order to have meaningful social interaction these days, it's kind of like you have to spend money <laughs> in a way, um, which, which is unfortunate. So a lot of, I think a lot of our social interaction and relationship building is done in a way which involves spending money. So it's kind of like you kind of then need to spend it, quote unquote, need in order to you know make friends or or whatever but i like the point that angelica raised though where you have to draw boundaries especially financial boundaries because not everyone is comfortable saying like what she mentioned earlier oh sorry i'm not i can't afford that oh it's not in my budget because you sometimes we're afraid to be seen as inflexible yeah and I, i've definitely had people like say what do you mean you can't afford it you definitely can but what? you know, I've, I've, I'm kind of like, as in like, you know, colleagues and stuff, we're all earning the same salary, you know, people in my kind of, um, in the same level as me, they're kind of like, look at me funny. They're like, what do you mean you can't afford it? But I think, you know, then I have no shame in clarifying, well, actually, no, 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 you're right. I can afford it, but I want to use my money on something else. <laughs> um, like, you know, as much as I value spending time with them, for me, my other goals are more important. And I'm not, and I'll say it in a tactful way, obviously, but I'm not afraid to say that, you know, this is not my priority. Therefore, I'm not going to spend my money on it. Sorry. Oh, wow. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Yeah, sorry, not sorry, literally. <laughs> yeah, literally, I'm not sorry at all. <laughs> Does it come naturally or do you have to force yourself to do it? I think it's it, it started to... It, it comes pretty naturally, to be honest. Like, going back to what I said about the things that I want, like, when I want something, I really, really want it. So that will be like my number one priority and everything else I could not care less about. <laughs> so it is it is pretty easy for me to say to people, you know, actually, no, this isn't my priority. So I don't really want to spend money on it um, because at the end of the day, it's my money that I'm spending. Right. Or if I go out for you know a restaurant, they're not paying for my meal. If they want to hang out with me that badly, then they'll pay for it. Otherwise, we'll find another <laughs> way to hang out. <laughs> You know, or like I'll suggest to do something else, you know, I'll say, you know, let's, let's, you know, stay in or let's do something slightly cheaper. Let's go to the park and have a picnic or something. You know, there, there are lots of different ways to, to have fun and hang out with people that don't involve spending lots of money. Oh my God, I agree with you so much. And I think like if we, if you are that person in your group of friends who is not afraid to, who is not afraid to speak up and say, sorry, I don't have enough money. I think we should, we should be those kind of people in our group of friends yeah for sure i think you can tell how good your friends are as well like the quality of the people around you by how they react when you say i can't afford it are they gonna are they gonna change the lifestyle they have to try and include you or are they gonna you know pr try and pressure you to to spend money anyway i think you know good friends would help each other out in that case um like if i had a friend that said you know i can't afford to go to this restaurant you really want to go to that's fine. Like I'll probably find someone else to go with me if I really wanted to go there. But then I would be conscious to, you know, do other things with her that we can both afford. And I, th I think good friends in that context are is really important. Yeah, that's actually really true. I think it's a very good idea to do that and to really appreciate our friends who did it. Because sometimes we question our friends, like like, and we ask them to justify their answers. And sometimes I don't think. Every answers need to be justified, if you know what I mean. I mean, you don't have to justify yourself for everything. I mean, that, that's what that's what I personally think. Absolutely. Sorry, not sorry. That's a, yep. the phrase we should. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Do you have any few practical tips for us on how to be more savvy with our money? Yeah, I guess like practically the the, the best thing you can do and, and the first thing you should do to start off with is just to actually go look at your money and understand what you have or what you're making and how you're spending it. I don't think you can make any meaningful change until you first know what you've already been doing with your money. So like I use, like in the UK anyway, there's an app called Yolt. I use that a lot. And I talk about it a lot in my blog as well, because it's honestly, I think it's absolutely amazing. It just tracks everything you spend and like categorizes it automatically for you. So you can see, you know, how much money you're spending on shopping or on eating out on, you know, bills on, on transport. It's, it's super good. And, and that, that's kind of the first step to understand where you are because money is going to be different for everyone. And I think if you're going to kind of go on the journey of getting better with it, you should first understand where you are before you take any further next steps. Um, but then once you do that, then there are like two, three practical things that, you know, really help. And I think the first thing is to save up an emergency fund, which is basically like, you know, some savings in case something happens, something bad happens or something unexpected happens that you need to pay for. And it's honestly the first thing anyone should be doing before you start talking about, you know, saving or investing or, you know, trying to get a house or anything like that. Before any of that happens, you should have an emergency fund because, you know, if you're saving for a house, you don't want something bad to happen. And then you've got to use the money you've saved for your house to pay for that thing. So having an emergency fund that's there just gives you something to fall back on. So you don't get distracted from your goal. Um, and, then, and then there's like, you know, the other thing, which is budgeting. And this is such a basic but important thing. Like it's you need to, you know, set some limits or boundaries on what you should spend for each category. You know, in, if you're if you're going to get to a certain financial goal, most of us will have to, you know, decide what to spend and what we don't spend on. So that's really important. And, and there's no need for, you know, spreadsheets or Excel or pieces of paper. Like it's all automated these days. It's super easy. Honestly, like it's literally you don't even have to do anything. All you have to do is say on some app, you know, I want to spend, I want to limit my eating out to 50 pounds a month. And then that's all you do. You just and then it just tells you how you're doing against that goal. So it's super easy, but it's super helpful. And it's one of the the, the basic things when it comes to to good money management. Um, I actually have a beginner's finance checklist on my blog, The Mindful Spender. So if anyone does want to understand what are the basic things we can do to nail the basics, then I would say go to the website, themindfulspender.co.uk and check it out there. I also use the beginner finance checklist. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for that, Angelica. It really helped. I'm so glad. All right, right off the bat testimony. <laughs> oh, and I remember in... Angelica's blog there is this challenge called the no spend challenge oh yeah so that was that was super fun basically I think when I first started my blog this was around the time where I had bought that dress for like you know 120 pounds or probably more without even thinking I just thought I need to I need to reset myself I need to <laughs> I need to just stop I need to reset so one of the things I did was to do a no spend challenge and actually January is a really good time to do it because everyone's kind of sick of spending money from Christmas anyway there's not really much to do in January, February. And February's only 28 days, so it just flies by. But yeah, that was that was really good. I didn't do it like a full-blown, like I can't spend money on anything that's not necessary. I kind of just set myself certain rules that I knew would work for me. Like 
I said I couldn't spend money on, you know, restaurants or, or cafes unless it was like a group social thing because I wanted to spend time with my friends. So I said, okay, it has to be, there has to be at least more than one, there has to be more than one person if I'm going to do it so so I can maximize the, the value for money <laughs> um, and the social interaction and a couple of other things. Um, but, you know, it really did help to just detox me from the way I was spending before. And actually, honestly, I think I saved like, I saved a thousand six hundred pounds over three months. Wow. Which was like, when I looked at that, I was like, wow. I was like, I didn't know I could, I didn't know it was possible for me to save that much. I didn't know I had that much to save. So it helped me understand, you know, if I really, really, really wanted something that costs, I don't know, a thousand six hundred pounds, I could, I could do it in three months. So yeah, it was, it was a good experience. I probably wouldn't do one again. (laughs) <laughs> anytime soon um, not for three months anyway but, but I think it's definitely it's definitely helpful if, if you kind of just need to you need a big reset and I told all my friends as well I was doing it so they were all like pretty understanding so like they just wouldn't invite me to to things where I wouldn't just spend money and I was really grateful for that oh that's nice Mm-mm. from what you just said this whole episode what I can get from it is you know just don't be lazy with your money no know more about your money and every like you said everything is automated today so even your budgeting even your spending can be tracked on a simple app on your phone yeah for sure and it is a journey it's, it's not a one and done you know it's, it's something you need to work at always so you know it's not gonna be you're never gonna be perfect at it but i think we can you know we can keep going and keep trying and keep getting better keep learning mm-hmm. Oh, anyway, any anything that we haven't touched that you want to add on? Um, I don't think so. I think we've covered a lot. It's been a it's been a good discussion. I think probably the last thing I will say is, you know, if you are interested in pressing reset on your finances and nailing the basics of money management, to check out my beginner's finance checklist at themindfulspender.co.uk, and I'm also on Instagram at themindfulspenderblog. Go check her out, guys. Thank you so much, Angelica, for spending the night, well, in Indonesia, the night, but the afternoon and <laughs> stay with us. It's been my Time pleasure. Different. This has been super <laughs> fun, guys. I love talking about money, so this is just, like, awesome, <laughs> an awesome way to, to spend an afternoon. Yeah, and thank you for sharing your knowledge with, uh, with me and also with Jess and with also anyone who is listening to, the, to this episode. And, yeah, we really hope that this is beneficial for everyone who's listening because i know it's it's been a really beneficial session for all three of us as well yeah and yeah thanks angelica no problem i guess that's it for this episode so see you guys all next time